morning, noon, and bite. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Choose from a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage McGriddles, and hash browns. For lunch, enjoy a McDouble, McChicken, six-piece chicken McNuggets, and more. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. All right. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? Y'all already know it's your girl, Ash. And y'all already know it's another episode of Black Girl Interrupted. And y'all already know, every time I do a show, y'all know I'm either by myself or I have a guest with me. And, to, and I can't never get my hands right. Y'all don't pay attention. My nail broke. Um, but I got my girl, Shantae, with me on tonight. She is the CEO of Sarah Lane Candle Company, and she is also one of the vendors at the Juneteenth Black Business Expo that's going down this Saturday in New Orleans. So anybody in New Orleans or the surrounding areas, hopefully the weather will let us be great. Come out and show yeah. some support. We're going to have great entertainment, lots of love, everything. So, oh, my goodness. So before every episode... Shantae, I always do a mental health check-in. Always, always, always. So I know today is Tuesday. We're just two days into the week. Mentally, how are you feeling today? I'm actually feeling really good today. How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was really great. It was relaxing. Went on a coast, did a little sightseeing and everything in uh, Mississippi and went to the casino and just did me. <laughs> Had some fun, and that's and that's yeah. what it's all about, and that's what you're supposed to do is to get out, have you some fun, you know. And with the way people are dropping off in life, I mean, you know, people, I mean, every day somebody's passing away, so enjoy your life, get out there, enjoy because you only have one exactly, you only have one. So, honey, so y'all already know before I even jump into my episode, y'all already know how I start my intro, so hold tight for this video. Because I always play it. I play it every episode. And like I say, mental health, yes, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. But y'all already know, I do not stop the conversation May 31st because it ends. No. Black mental health is so imperative in the black community. Y'all know I talk about it every episode. Y'all know I do my mental health check-ins. So drop in the comments. Let me know how y'all are feeling. How was your weekend? What are you looking forward to this weekend? You know, we got Father's Day coming up. And let me say this, ladies. Father's Day is for the men, not you single women. So please do not let me see a post on Facebook talking about Happy Father's Day to me. Do not do that. I'm sick of seeing y'all do that. I, I really, truly am. Don't do that. Please allow these men, because they already are torn down enough, Allow them to have one day where they are recognized. That, that's all I ask. Can we normalize that? Allowing these men to celebrate Father's Day. That's all I want. Sis, is, is, is that too much to ask? That, that's all I yeah. want. 
<laughs> That's all I want. I, I just, I, I don't want to see those posts because I see them and they're like, oh yeah, happy Father's Day to me. You did not get pregnant by yourself, ladies. Let that man have his day, please. So while we wait on everybody to pop on in, here's this video. And I think you'll like it too, Miss Shante. I promise I think you will. You know, I don't know who this video is for, man. But it's like 4 a.m. in the morning, May 10th. And uh, my heart is heavy. Because I know there's somebody out there that is ready to end their life. That's already made up in their mind that they're not going to fight no more. They're tired of fighting. You know, they don't have no more strength to find because they've already gave all their strength. They don't even have the strength to turn the page. They don't have the strength to, to see tomorrow. They made up in their mind that their life is over. And maybe they logged on to Facebook. Maybe you logged on to Facebook and, and looking for a sign. Maybe you logged on to say your goodbyes and you came across this video. So I just want to tell you, man, that don't let those thoughts that are trying to kill you, kill you. Those thoughts that tell you life is over, those thoughts that tell you you're not enough, those thoughts that tell you things won't get better, those thoughts that tell you that you are your mistakes, those thoughts that tell you that you are your past, those thoughts that tell you that you're worthless, don't let those thoughts kill you. They're lying to you. Because you're more than that. You're more than a conqueror. You're more than what you're going through. You do have purpose. You are awesome. You are talented. You are beautiful. You are special. Despite what you've been going through. So you make up in your mind right now. Okay, you don't have to have a, a whole plan out for the rest of your life. You make up, but you make up in your mind right now that you're gonna fight with faith tonight. You make up in your mind right now that you're gonna survive tonight. Whatever it takes. I pray that you have a peace in your mind that floods your mind like never before to let you know. Despite everything that you're going through, the storms that you're going through, the flood that's flooding your life with pain right now. I pray that peace tells you that everything is going to be okay. I pray that you find the strength inside of your weakest moment right now that lets you know that everything is going to be okay. So you put down that gun, you put down that drug, those pills, you put it down, man. Because there's more to your life than what you're currently going through. And you'll never understand it if you quit right now. But I promise you, if you fight with faith, you fight with prayer, eventually you'll realize everything that you went through had a purpose. Everything that you went through had a purpose. Life will get better. But if you end your life, you prevent it from getting better. All right? I love that video. When I came across that video, it was so powerful because in that moment, I really was deep down in my feelings. I really truly was. I had just lost, I had just buried my father. Um, and I was still trying to process all of that. And as a person that deals with depression and anxiety, I needed to hear that that day. So I always play that video because 
you don't know how this could help a person. You know, a simple phone call, a simple text could change somebody's day. It takes 30 seconds to pick up the phone and shoot a text and say, hey, sis, or hey, bro, how you doing today? I was thinking about you. And that's something that we collectively need to do as a community is um, check on one another. You know, we need we live in the most selfish world, and at times we need to learn how to be unselfish. Um, so if you know anybody that's that's going through it, um, don't hesitate. Y'all know my my DM stay open if you know my phone number. Call me. We can talk if you need to laugh, you need to joke, you need to cry. Y'all know I'm here. Y'all know I'm here. So, Miss Shante, let me ask you, before we jump into tonight's conversation, looking at that video, what did, what did you think? Um, I think most of all, the people who actually popped into my mind are these teenagers uh, in this city, in this world, because everything to them seems to be what's going on right now. They never realize that high school doesn't last forever. They never realize, you know, the bullying is not going to last forever. That once they graduate high school or once they, you know, leave their areas or whatever, that things change. Things can change. So that's more of what, you know, was popping in my head as he was saying that, because I do have two teenagers and I have two teenagers that internalize everything. And I constantly have to tell them that this is only a, a phase in your life. Things are going to change. The same people that you're with right now may not necessarily be the same people that you end up with when you go off to college or you go off to your career. So that's more of what, you know, popped in my head when I, when I was listening to that. And I just, like I say, it's so powerful. It is strong because that's what people need to hear, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's so common in black men for them to internalize their feelings, you know, and, and we had this conversation on Friday. Um, and the reason they do that is because, they were told coming up that if any display of emotion, they're weak. You know, that's, that's, uh, what's the word? Oh, you're, you're a sissy, you know, you're this, you're that. So if we don't allow our children to display some type of, allow them to be angry. If they're right. sad, let them cry. It does not make them less of a man, but you, hear, you know, the grandparents used to tell the grandsons and the daddies used to tell the sons. And not only did you have the males, but you had the women telling the boys that too. Right. And, you know, sis, nobody wants to have that conversation. You know, I had to own that because I didn't allow my son. You know, if, if you go back and you watch my earlier episodes that I did with my children, accountability is something everybody runs from. They all hate that A word. And I had to hold myself accountable for the pain that I inflicted on my children. I made my children carry pain that they didn't ask for. Mm -hmm. So my son does the same thing. He, instead of when he's angry, he'll, he'll, he likes to punch holes in the walls, you know, and that's because of me. 
part of that is me. The other part is because his dad wasn't there, you know? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, we have to learn how to be accountable. We have to say, you know what? I caused that with my child. You know, mm -hmm. they mimic what they see. Like, you know, oh, my, this is the gentleman I was telling you about. I was on his show last night. Hey, Dexter. Hey, Dex. He, um, shout out to my boy, Dex. He has a show that comes on on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time called Breaking the Stigma. And these are three men that get together and are very transparent with their feelings and their emotions. And that's what they do. They, they, what they, um, are advocates for black men opening up and being able to display their emotions and be vulnerable and be transparent. That's, that's what they do. So check them out on Monday night, 7 PM central time. They are on Facebook. They are on YouTube. They are on Spreaker. They're on all the streaming platforms. Now, again, it, his podcast is called Breaking the Stigma, and I love it. Um, I've done a couple of episodes with um, them. He came on, Dexter actually came on and did um, my episode with me in regards to black men and mental health um, because he okay. himself suffers from PTSD, and he, he talked about it and, and what he does to what it did to him. You know, he very transparent, and I love it. You know, I, I love all of that. Dex, you didn't do anything. You know, anytime I see your love, you know, it, I oh, I love to see you. I love to see you. Hey, Brandon. Good to see you, my baby. I don't have your picture up. I, I, I'll get it back up. He loves the picture. So since I did an episode um, and we talked about the trial of George Floyd, we talked. I did an episode in regards to the verdict. And um, everybody's favorite picture is when the verdict was handed down and Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all three counts and mm -hmm. the face he made, everybody loves that picture. You know, when he had the mask on, he was just kind of like, like, did I just, were they really, did they really just right. find me guilty? You know, I, I really thought I was going home. No, sir. So Brandon, I'll get your picture up for you, honey. I promise I will. Hey, Willie. Good to see you, my baby. That thing crazy too. <laughs> that thing crazy too. <laughs> he he said, "All right, because you be busting heads, and I ain't trying to catch them hands." You already know, Dex. You know, on Black Girl Interrupted, you know we are unfiltered. You know, we talk about everything. You know, I, I'm here to offend. I'm here to hold people accountable. You know, that's that's what we have to start doing. We have to stop pointing fingers and and blaming people and. All that other good stuff, we have to start being accountable for, for certain things. So, right. and you know, sometimes we as black women, we don't like that. Mm -hmm. We don't like to eat out the same dish that we've been serving everybody all these years. Right. Because it don't taste good, sis. All right. So y'all keep dropping in the comments. Let me know how y'all are doing. Y'all know I'm still doing my mental health check-in. And again, I got, there we go. Y'all know I can't never get my hands right. I got my girl Shante with me tonight. Again, she is the CEO of the Sarah Lane Candle Company. Y'all check out. She is on Instagram. Y'all go follow her. Um, she, again, is actually one of the vendors that will be in New Orleans um, at the Juneteenth Black Business Expo 2021. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
So go holler at her. She's got some nice candles. Once I get, you know, all my little finances, I, I need to definitely order some candles from her. Because y'all know I'm tired of giving Bath and Body Works my money. I need, I'm black owned. B-O-B's. The more $30 candles. Oh, Willie say, he say, are they scented candles? Yes, they are. Holla at my girl. Holla at my girl, boo-boo. That my honey bun. Love him to death. <laughs> Love him to death. He cooks and don't ever send me a plate. Oh, wow. <laughs> if the weather hold up, I'm coming for my plate. Saturday after the pop-up shop, I'm coming for my plate. So you better have me some food ready. I... Oh, he said he need that. All right. To tap my in website with is my name. <laughs> SarahLaneCandleCo.com Get it. Hey, Jeremy. Good to see you, babe. And uh, I'm still waiting on you. Let me know. Is you coming on? Is you coming on with me on one of the episodes? You told me it was. Let me know. You know the door's still open, honey. I, I, I don't know if... I, I don't know. You're a little too militant for me, but I love it, though. I love it. That's my Memphis 10 friend. Love you. And happy anniversary and happy belated birthday, too. Yeah, I know you and your wife just had your anniversary. I'm glad y'all had fun in L.A., too. I'm so ecstatic. So, y'all keep dropping in the comments. Let me know how y'all are feeling. Willie, don't forget, tap in with her. You want to come on here? You you want to come on here? I tell you what, come on here with me Thursday. I'm talking I'm talking about Diary of a Tired Black Man. Do black men really have standards? <laughs> so come on the show with me. So y'all make my sis feel welcome. This is her first time. I promise it will not be her last time you see her on Black Girl Interrupted. Cause guess what? We are gonna have a whole vent session. I'm gonna do all get all my ladies together, and baby, we are gonna have. A ball ball. I'm telling you. Seeing all these beautiful black ladies together. Mm -hmm. You can't beat that. Because honey. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. Do you realize how powerful and strong black women are? Whew. That we are. Baby, when I tell you, you got white women running out to look like us. Mm. So every flaw that we have, sis, they paying thousands of dollars for it. Exactly. They buying thousands. I mean, they they. I mean, they going to get their lips done. They going to tanning salons. They, baby, they dying trying to look like us here. We are the blueprint. They have been for years. <laughs> you heard what my sister said. We are the blueprint. Okay. And every woman, y'all are beautiful, honey. But I'm not talking about the women. We, I had y'all, I gave y'all y'all time last month <laughs> talking, talking to my, my fellas now. He said, LOL, thank you. And yes, I'm still coming on the show. Oh yeah, your birthday is on. Who just had, it may not have been you, but happy anniversary. And I'm glad you had a ball in Los Angeles. I love the pictures of you and your wife. 
So beautiful. Black love, honey. Can we normalize seeing that? You can come on Thursday. I'll send you the link. We're talking about Diary of a Tired Black Man. That's what we're talking about. The black man's version of waiting to exhale. So Willis say he's about to go to the site now. He say I've been buying Amos Country candles. Is that a white lady? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Y'all need to start supporting these black-owned businesses, okay? I said it. Yes, I did. And if you're in New Orleans, and if the Lord says the same and the weather holds up, come support 25-plus beautiful black vendors at right. Thrive in the Night Ward. Come get some music, some entertainment. We showing out for Juneteenth. That's my 4th of July. That's exactly. your 4th of July. You Caucasians, y'all can have a 4th of July, baby. We celebrate Juneteenth around here. Mm-hmm. He said, if you don't know, you don't know. Come on now. <laughs> All right. So y'all keep dropping in the comments. My sis, we ready. Sis, you ready to jump into tonight's conversation? Yes, I am. All right. So we jumping into tonight's conversation. Black men don't go nowhere because this is for y'all. So tonight, this is what we're talking about. Black father-daughter relationships. Daddy's little girl. Let's talk about it, sis. You you the guest on the show. Well, no, you're not a guest. You you home. Welcome home. <laughs> Black father-daughter relationships. Daddy's little girl. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Mm. Y'all, I might get emotional tonight. Y'all know how I am. Because we, we have to talk about this. We, we really, truly do. Um. As much as black men need their fathers, black women need their fathers too. Y'all don't realize, y'all are our first love. Y'all the first man that we gonna ever love in life. Y'all gonna walk us down the aisle. Y'all are gonna show us, or supposed to show us, what it's like to love a black woman. Talk about it, sis. Black father-daughter relationships. Let's talk about it. Okay. Well, in my experience, um, I was very fortunate and very blessed to have two dads. Um, my parents were married when I came about, and they got a divorce. And shortly after, my stepdad came into my life. So my stepdad's been in my life since I was five years old. And so I would stay home during the week with my mom and my stepdad, in which I don't call him my stepdad, I call him my dad also. And on weekends, I would go to my biological dad's house. So for me, it was double the love. And I, I just can't stress how important that was to have those two not competing against each other, but both being there for me in two totally separate ways. So it is just it's so important for a girl to have that dad or if they can't have that dad have some type of father figure in their life to help mold them and show them, you know, things that is not acceptable. Like for my dad, it was this boy is not going to come here with his pants sagging. 
he's going to pull those pants up, mm. period. <laughs> No boy is going to blow the horn and you just run outside. He's going to come to this door and he's going to, you know, come and ask for you as any man, you know, should be able to. He's going to have to be able to verbally communicate with me and, you know, hold a conversation. My parents were those types of parents. And it's important to me that my daughters have that type of relationship with their dad. And he doesn't play that either. <laughs> so right, right. It, it's just, it's important to, to just have that type of foundation. Now, unfortunately, something tragic happened between my biological father and myself, and we stopped speaking for some years. But eventually, we made it to the point where as we can communicate, you know, back and forth with each other. And our relationship is fine now. But those years are years that I just can't get back that we weren't on, you know, the best of speaking terms. Right. Um, and I can absolutely relate um, to that in regards to my dad. You know, my dad mm -hmm. was a wonderful stepfather, but he was a horrible father. Uh -oh. You know, and, and when I say that, you know, people kind of give me the side eye, like, what do you mean? He was wonderful to everybody else's children, but was horrible to his own you know mm -hmm. my um my dad was uh and I could say this now and, and these are things that I expressed to him you know before he passed um you know you were a liar you know you you would tell me you're gonna do this and you would never show up you know you were never there for me in the most pivotal moments of my life um so I looked in men for the, you know, I look to men for those relationships. You know, I, I wanted, mm -hmm. I yearned for a relationship with my dad. And um, it was, uh, I was really torn because um, me and my sister, I have a sister, you know, by my mom. Me and her have two different dads. And my father molested my sister. So it was like I was torn between her and him. And it right. wasn't like my sister was making me choose. It was like, this is my sister, but this is my dad. You know, right. I, I want a relationship with him, but if I have a relationship with him, will this strain a relationship with me and my sister? Mm -hmm. You know, those 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 were things, and I carried that pain. And um, the one time that I, I I did go and stay with my dad, he was abusive to me. My daddy beat me to the point I ended up in the emergency room. You know, wow. child protective services got involved, police got involved. Um, and despite all of that, I still wanted a relationship with him. I still wanted him, you know. Um mm -hmm. and I think what hurt me the most is my he never apologized to me for that. Never apologized, you know. Um, it was always your mom's fault, your mom, your mom, your mom. She, you know, she don't want us to be together, you know how. And it just, yeah. it really broke my heart. So in 2019, I had to have the most uncomfortable conversation with my daddy. And I had already made peace, whether he told the truth or, or if it was a lie. But I asked mm -hmm. him straight out, did you molest my sister? And his response to me was, no, no, I didn't do that. You know, your mama 
accuse me of doing that, but but I didn't do that. But you know, but I apologize to your mom. So it left me confused. Mm-hmm. But I had to accept that because I needed that peace for me. Right. You know, um, unfortunately, I was not blessed to have um a positive male role model in my life. So I again, you know, I, I went man to man. I was in these toxic relationships. Um, I was in an abusive relationship. Um, and it was like, you know, I accepted it. You know, my daddy did me like this. So I just wanted to be loved by a man. Mm-hmm. Hey Kim. Good to see you, sis. I'm talking about my real dad. I'm talking about my real dad. My real dad, my biological. Um, so it, it was hard for me, you know, growing up, um, because I, I wanted that relationship with him. I, I begged. Um, I did mm-hmm. everything that I could possibly do, but as I got older, I had to realize you can't make somebody be what you want them to be. And I had to accept it. And in tune, I inflicted that on my children. Mm-hmm. You know, my children caught my pain and they didn't ask for that. You know, and, and I can honestly say I, I own that, you know, um, it, it just, I, I can't stress it enough, you know, and now my daughter's going through the same thing that I went through mm-hmm. with her dad. So it, it, it goes back to what you were saying, you know, before we went live, it's a cycle. It you is. Know? Well, you know, I have two sets of kids. I have the older ones that are grown and gone, you know, married and everything. And then I have the younger two uh, from when I was married. And like I was telling you, in this situation, as far as the dads are concerned, okay, the first set, my son and my daughter, their dad, absent. My last set, my son and my daughter, their dad is present. But what I notice is with both sets, they all have daddy issues, even though the situations are totally different. Like my oldest daughter, she goes through the fact of her and her dad don't have a relationship. They argue back and forth as if they were two people in the street. This is how they communicate with each other. And the my youngest daughter, whose dad is very much, you know, in her and my other son's life, they go through issues where it's they don't want to. Well, she doesn't want to disappoint her dad because she's such a daddy's girl. Wow. So it's like two different sets of issues <laughs> with these two different sets of kids. And right. even though my ex-husband did raise, you know, my oldest two, it's still like. It's not the same because they don't have that relationship that they feel as though they should have mm-hmm. with their biological father. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like no matter which way you split it, it's it's something with girls and their dads. Whether it's we don't want to disappoint them or we're angry because they're not there. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was, you know. I, I wanted my daddy. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I would call and and just 
he would say, well, let me call you back. And he would never call. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I allowed this to go on. And it wasn't until I got into my thirties and I was just like, you know what? I I was, you know, in my thirties, I had, you know, my children and it was just like, whatever, you know, either you're going to be there or you're not. Um, but he surprised me in 2013 when I graduated from college, when I got my first degree, he showed up to my graduation. And that was the first time that he said he was coming and he stood on his word. And that was the best day of my life. I can imagine so. Every day. And I'm just like, I remember this day like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. But I wanted you all those years before. And I think that's why I stay so angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate that I didn't get more time with him. I do. It's okay. I hate that he missed so much with me. My children didn't even know him. Know him. They knew of him, but they didn't know him. Mm-hmm. You know, so when he passed away, it hurt. It really did. I weeped for my children because they didn't get to know their grandfather. I just hate that he missed so many pivotal moments in my life. I I really truly do. Mm -hmm. Because there were times that that I I really needed him, you know. Um, That's why I see it's important, dads, that be there for your daughters. Be there for your girls. We need y'all. And I used to envy people, you know, that had their dads in their lives. Even if mom and dad were separated, divorced or whatever, dad would show up, you know, I I was in the choir and, you know, I would see my friends and their dads would show up and, you know, and my dad would say, oh yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. And then would never show up. And here I am, I'm disappointed. And I allowed him to continue to do this to me for years. Mm-hmm. So Miss Kim says, my girl's pappy was only a dad as long as I was with him. She said, when I left him, he didn't want to be bothered with my girls. Four years later, he blames me because they don't want to be bothered with him. So let's talk about that real quick, sis. How do you, what, what? That takes me back to the show that I did with deadbeat dads or bitter baby mamas deadbeat why see in this situation i mean like i told you my youngest kids their dad is 100 you know in their life and i say my youngest kids but they're 17 and 18 now um it was for me and only because of the way that i was raised regardless of the fact if he and i were together or not that's still your dad So as long as I know you're not being mistreated, 
Woo! Isn't this fun? What's this ride called? It's the stock market this year. Here comes another drop. I don't like this. It's scaring my portfolio. Do you have a better idea? Yeah. Have you heard of Masterworks? No. It's the app that lets you invest in an alternative asset that more than doubled the S&P 500 from 1995 to 2021. All you need is a phone. Just go to masterworks.io and use promo code FUN. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash DC. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. Or abused or anything like that, it, you're going to have a relationship with your dad. So I made sure that that relationship was there. And I guess a lot of women just kind of figure, okay, well, he doesn't want to be bothered, so I'm not going to run behind him, you know, to be a part of his kid's life or they're just bitter, you know, about the situation. And I mean, I have friends that are like that. They feel like, okay, I'm not going to force you to be a part of your kid's life. And like I tell them, it's not about you. It's about your children. You have to take you out of that, you know, predicament and just deal with the fact that I'm sorry, my dog is like trying to jump on me. <laughs> Come on, bring, bring him up. No, no, my daughter just took him out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's why I keep looking down because he keeps trying to jump on me. But yeah, I tell him all the time that, you know, it, it's it's not for you. Because in the long run, what's going to end up happening is your daughter is going to look at all the wrong people to, f- to fill that void that they didn't get. Or your sons are going to, or they're just going to go into that same toxic pattern because I don't care how much of a woman you are, you cannot teach your son to be a man. You can teach him what you know and what you think you may know. But I'm not a man, so I can't raise my son to be a man. And that's coming from the book of truth tonight, okay? That's Sister Shantae preaching from the book of truth, okay? she's. You hear that, ladies? There's no possible way. I don't know the struggle of a man. I I know what I see, but I can't feel their pain. I don't go through their struggle. So all I can do is just be there as that is that ear or that shoulder. But I cannot raise my son to be a man. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? She's preaching tonight from the book of truth. Okay. Truth. Verse one, chapters two through ten. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what she's doing. So Kim says. I tried to co-parent. He didn't want to do it. He said he wasn't a weekend dad. If he wasn't there every day, he didn't want to be there for them. And in that situation, all you can do is explain to the child if the child's if the child has questions. And when that child grows up, if the child wants to reach out to that parent or that parent wants to reach out to that child, just be there to facilitate that meeting. Because there's nothing else that you can do. 
And, and you know, my daughter is going through that right now with her dad. She's 18. She just graduated from high school Wednesday. And um, Congratulations. And, and excuse my language, but he's been shitting on my daughter her whole entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's my fault, he says. She, you know, your mama doesn't want us to have a relationship because she didn't have her daddy in her life. This is what he told my daughter. His mother told my daughter that if I wasn't going to let her see them, I should have had an abortion. This is what they text my daughter. So, you know, I was about to scramble up some bail money. But like I told my daughter, I never stopped your father from being a part of your life. I never did. It was just, I was not going to beg y'all. You know, it was always, if they wanted to see you, it had, I had to bring her. It was never, mm-hmm. well, let's meet somewhere in the middle. Or if you bring her this time, I bring her back or, um, I'll come get in. You come pick. It was never any of that. So on a day, day of my, so my daughter reached out to daddy. And she just turned 18 in December. And um, mm-hmm. we had a conversation with me. She recorded the conversation. She let me hear the conversation. Mm-hmm. No accountability. No accountability. None. It's still my fault. Mm-hmm. It's I'm going to still... put you on mute for one second. I can hear okay. you, but I'm going to put you on mute because my granddaughter's coming in now. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. So it was it was my fault. It was, oh, you did this, you did that. Well, let's talk about what you did, sir. Let, let's, let's have that conversation. You know, he, he, he never wanted to do that. And that's what I mean, you know, I, I tried to co-parent with him, but like I told him, I'm not going to force you to be in her life. You want to be there when it's convenient for you. So now he, he's taking, she posted her graduation picture. So he's taking the pictures from her page and has posted them on his page like he's just this great, wonderful father. You didn't even come to her graduation. She invited you, you did not respond. But when she posted, then he commented on her picture graduation or oh, my car was broke you find a way to the milestone and with everything that my daughter has gone through the least you could have done was be there for her we, we didn't have to sit together just show up for her right because see i deal with that the same way mama had to deal with my issues, I have to deal with that. I have to deal with her right. crying and her being angry and she walking around. I have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so, like I told my daughter, because I, ne- I never bad mouthed my children's fathers at all. I just right. said, as you get older, you'll see. you'll see. And that's something that we as women, we, we have to stop doing is stop tearing down your children's fathers in front of see for themselves you could encourage you try to facilitate them but don't badmouth the parent 
let your child find out on their own how the daddy or truly is. Right. You know, that, that's and that's how I've I, had to be that parent, you know, we for my oldest daughter. daughter. Mm-hmm. Because she so definitely if, if you don't mind. Come here, come get on the camera. She just walked in my house. <laughs> so, because I, I, I want to, if she doesn't mind. Get it. Hi. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you, sis, how do you deal with that with her? Um. When she was younger, I just explained everything to her and let her know, I mean, he was in the military and he chose to live his life how, you know, he wanted to live his life. And when he came back around, it was always, oh, I'm going to come and pick you up from school. or Oh, I'm going to come and get you for the weekend. And then when that time comes, oh, then he just doesn't show up. And I had to explain to her that this is not you. This is not your fault. Regardless of how you may feel about him, that's still your dad. Right. And at some point in life, y'all are going to have to have a conversation and you're going to have to know how to run that conversation on your own. Mm. I can't speak, you know, for you. I'm the person that's here with you. You can talk about your feelings to me. But again, that's a conversation you're going to have to have with him. And when she turned... 22, I believe, that conversation came up. And just like with you, it was all me. Right. Your mama didn't want, you know, me to see you this, that, or the other. But she had the kind of mama that kept records. (laughs) So you ran those teeth to her. Let me show you what was going on at that particular time. And she knew because of all of the heartbreak and disappointment and letdowns that she had over the years, she had already formed her own opinion on them. I didn't have to, you know, feed her anything when she was growing up. And to this day, she has a daughter now. She's 25. She has a daughter. And I just tell her to basically don't go through that same pattern, even though her and her daughter's father are together. But if something was to go wrong, Treat that situation the same way I treated yours. I never right. spoke bad about your dad. I always tried to encourage a relationship with him, but I wasn't going to sit back and let him constantly keep disappointing you and hurting There you go. There you go. And that's where I'm at now mm-hmm. is she waited because she tr- my daughter tried to have a conversation with her dad. Mm-hmm. And he basically... Because I still have the conversation, mm-hmm. the messages. And he basically told her, well, that's fine. If we don't have a relationship, I have four other children. So it's it's mm-hmm. almost like, you. who cares? Right. And it was, you know, my daughter didn't only, not only did she have to deal with her issues with him, but she had to deal with her issues with me. So mm-hmm. here she is, you know, I'm, I'm half being a mom. She don't have a dad. So it's my, my daughter is, you know, mm-hmm. and, and now, you know, that, that I'm older and, and I've matured and I've, and I've held myself accountable. I've tried to have conversations with her dad, mm-hmm. you know, and like I told him, I said, you don't know when your eyes are going to close. Right. Because right now he, he suffers from congestive heart failure. Mm. So he's on the transplant list. 
He's in and out of the hospital. Who knows? Mm -hmm. My biggest fear is him passing away and my daughter not getting the peace that she needs. Right. Because that's where I'm at right now. I hadn't spoken to my daddy since November of last year. We had an argument. I hung up in his face. Didn't talk to him. Even after I found out my daddy was sick, I still didn't pick up the phone to call. So I carry that, you know. And my therapist told me, she said, whether you spoke to him or not, the circumstances would have still been the same. Right. So. Have you ever tried writing a letter? Even though we know he can't read it, but have you ever thought of just writing a letter to to just express all of your feelings and regrets towards that situation? You know what, sis? Because writing is so hard for me to do. Mm -hmm. If me and you were to have a conversation, like when we have a conversation, it's easy for me to tell you, sis, this is what I want to say to him. I could tell you I just have difficulty writing it down. Do you have I, a picture of him? Uh-huh. Talk to that picture. And get it off, get it off your chest. Get it, get it all out in the open because people who are no longer a part of my life, I find myself doing that. I can list everything that I did wrong, but at the same time, I need to get out that pain that I have from how I feel as though I was wrong. Right. So I will tell you, talk to the picture if, if that's what it takes, but, but get it out. And also encourage your daughter, if she can't, you know, verbally communicate to him how she's feeling while he's still alive, write a letter. If he doesn't read it, that's on him. But at least you wrote everything down that you needed to write down. Right. I'm. A, I, you know what? I, I, I may need to do a show in regards to that and, and, and just... Do it. I, I think you gave me an idea, and we'll talk after the show. Mm -hmm. So Kim says, oh, and shout out to my girl, Kim. She has a podcast called Champagne Conversations on YouTube. Go check her out. Dope stuff. She was talking about mental health, and I tuned in, and oh, my God, beautiful. I was over here crying as I was typing. <laughs> but um, she says she didn't deal with that. He didn't want to be in their life. She said, so I didn't communicate with him at all about them. She said, my oldest just graduated and I didn't tell him. My child wants nothing to do with him. That's like with your daughter. Your mm -hmm. daughter made her own um, unbiased judgment and said, hey, I don't want to have any dealings with you. Right. You know, and, and that's, I think the wisest thing to do is just, you know, Let's keep loving on our children and embracing them because they absolutely need it and let them see for themselves. You know, my son, he made that decision with his dad. He was like, I don't want anything to do with him. He said, if I was to see him, you know, my son, he, he's a man now, you know, a young man and whatever, you know. You right. missing out. Right. So which brings me to the next subject. 
the first man a woman loves is her father. Is her father. Man. I'm so jealous. Well, not jealous because I wish I would have had it. Because you had the love from two daddies. Lucky. I did. I, I was I was very, very lucky <laughs> in that area. And I laugh with my dad, my biological dad now, because um he runs a flea market in uh Lacombe, Louisiana. And I was like, put me on your back like you used to when I was a little kid. And he's like, girl, I'm too old for that. Now I said, I remember thinking as a child, my dad could do anything. You know, my dad's strong. My dad's this, my dad's that. And I told him, now look at you, just old and broke down. <laughs> he starts <laughs> laughing all the time. So let me ask you this, because you were blessed to have two dads. Uh-huh. How did your stepdad and your biological dad get along? How was their relationship? When they it came actually, they actually, um, now my biological dad, Definitely had some jealousy because my stepdad taught me how to drive. My stepdad bought me a car. <laughs> so it was those types of, you know, headbutting. But at the same time, they both were on the same page as far as making sure, hey, I knew the rules, making sure that, you know, I had all of the material things that I could possibly have. And they also both stayed in my ear constantly about men and boys and things like that. And for me, it was in one ear and out the other. Because right. when you're a teenager, you're going to do what you want to do, you know, anyway. And <laughs> it's just, they they work together for the most part. But even now, I still see the competition. Like, who's the best grandpa? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, with my kids and stuff like that. So it's still, you know, a little competition. My son just graduated uh, from St. Aug a couple of weeks ago. And Congratulations. So we had, uh, thank you. Um, so we had a barbecue for him and both of them were here. And that was the funniest thing ever. So this grandpa has to give you this much money. And then I see my dad shoo-shooing with my son to find out how much money he got from the other grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still competition. It's definitely still there. But for the most part, I mean, they both were on the same page. And that's a beautiful sure thing. I was there. Yeah. You know, and that's a and that's an absolute beautiful thing because you know, that's the era we grew up in was we grew up with a village, you know, mm -hmm. daddy may not have been there, but you had uncles, you had, um, the neighbors whose dad was right. like a father figure to you. So you grew up in, in with the village, you know, and we don't have that anymore. You know, um, right. it, it's almost like when the grandparents die, the family falls apart. It's like when, when, it, because the grandfather always, and, and nine times out of 10, the grandfather always goes first. And, mm -hmm. you know, the grandmother's left. Um, and then it's like when a grandmother passes away, it's, it's almost like that was the glue in the village, you know. Right. And it's like when she goes, mm -hmm. we're like, what do we do? You know, how, how, do, right. how do we keep the family together? Because the matriarch is gone. Right. You know, we lost the patriarch. And, you know, and when we lost our grandparents, you know, we were young, you know, maybe 12, 13 years old. But we still had grandmothers till we mm -hmm. you know well off and got married and and whatever you know some of us were blessed to, to do that um right so you had the village you know and 
I and I actually still have the village when it comes down to my children because with two sets of parents, you have four sets of grandparents. Right. So right. it's kind of like, you know, our family is huge when it comes down to everybody being there to support with, you know, your kids. Like me, my dad and I fell out because I became a teenage mom, period. And we, he was so upset with me and I went through what my youngest daughter goes through with the fact that I disappointed him. Right. So we, we didn't talk until my son probably was maybe four, five years old, something like mm -hmm. that. And it's just, I had, I've always had that village when it came down to my children, because even now, if I'm busy and, hey, Ma, I need you to run and, you know, bring uh, one of them somewhere, she'll go and do it. I call my dad. I, I have somebody, you know, right, to call right, right. to assist me with what it is that I need. Well, now it's my oldest, too, because they're grown. <laughs> so they, you know, they step in a lot, you know, to help out, too. But that village is not so present in in a lot of people's you know lives right and it's just know, not and i think that's what hurts the most is these black girls mm -hmm. you know these little black girls they try to find the father in these men that they get you know and it's not a good thing I, I can attest to that. You know, I, I stayed in an abusive relationship for over five years because I thought that's what love was. Right. And um, I tell my daughters, even though my baby girl is 11, my, my middle daughter, she's 18, and then my son, of course, is 20. Um, and I tell my daughter, be mindful of those relationships, you know, mm -hmm. because that it's almost like history repeating itself. I'm seeing her, me and her. Mm -hmm. You know, she she longs for the affection of her dad. So she's in this relationship with this, this little boy. They've been together, I think, three years since they were in like the 10th grade, 9th mm -hmm. grade, something like that. Because um, they both just graduated Wednesday. And um, the way she talks to him. It, you know, mm -hmm. and I have to tell her, don't talk to him like that, you know, but that's the anger she feels. It's like whenever she does talk to her dad and he feeds her a lie, she takes it out on the boyfriend. Right. Which is what I would do. You know, I would degrade the men that I was with. I made them feel like less than a man because I was angry and I mm -hmm. wanted you to feel my pain. That's That's what I did. Mm -hmm. You know, and as the statement I have up on the screen, the first man a woman loves is her father. And right. I wanted that. I wanted my dad to love me. And so in the midst of, and in the midst of, you know, continuing on with the conversation that I had and, you know, me asking him that question, he told me, he said, you know, I, I didn't know how to be a parent. And mm -hmm. I told him, I said, let's be honest with one another for, for a change. You wanted to do what you wanted to do. Right. You were upset because my mother left you. He tried to kill my mom. He shot at her, broke in her apartment and shot at my mother. I have a brother that's three weeks younger than me. We're born in the same year. We're the same age. 
again, you were wonderful to everybody else's children, but you were horrible to your own. You know, right. you played stepdaddy real well. You know, when my daddy got married, he, he mm-hmm. married into a ready-made family. You know, the lady he married, her children were grown. And he was mm-hmm. wonderful to her kids. You know, when I went to his house, I was like, why don't you have any pictures of your children and your biological grandchildren? But you right. have your wife's children and their children posted up. You know, I, and I questioned that. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know what? Whatever. And here, and because here comes this anger again. Right. Because I feel like I'm this 14-year-old child that's, that's begging you to be in my life. And it's like, I'm begging you to be in my children's life. And then I was like, you know what? Whatever. They have my mom. Mm-hmm. But that little piece of me still wanted, I, I was still this little girl that still wanted her daddy. Right. You know. And I can talk about it now. Like I said, when we had the conversation... Um, I told him, I'm not going to love you any less, but I need this for me because mm-hmm. I had carried this pain for 30 plus years. I carried it. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, my daddy is 50% of it. My mom is the other 50%. Right. You know, um, but I'm glad that I, that I was able to close that door before mm-hmm. he passed away. Because I, I, I really... You know what, sis, I really don't know where I would be had I not have had that conversation with him before he passed. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably be in a crazy house somewhere. I don't know. I, I might have been. But the first man a woman loves is supposed to be her father. So black men, be there for your daughters. Not just your daughters, but not only your sons, but your daughters. We need you. You know, y'all are supposed to be teaching us what love looks like how a woman is supposed to be treated black men y'all are supposed to be showing us that and now we're not seeing that mm-hmm. you know and again i'm not saying all black men are deadbeats but we do i know some deadbeat dads just like i know some bitter baby mamas and mm-hmm. i know men that are fighting to be in their children's lives but you have this mother who just won't let the emotions be separated and the kids are affected. These babies are affected. So now the child is confused because they don't know who's telling the truth. Is mama telling the right. truth? Is daddy? Now these kids are caught in the middle. They confused like I was. Mm-hmm. And in tune, it passed on to my children. It passed on to my children. So that part I own. That that part I, I absolutely do own. I do eat that, you know. So black men, please know that you were the first man that a woman loves. You're her first dance. You're her first hug. You're all of that. And I can we please normalize healthy father daughter relationships? Can you fathers really truly teach us? Help us heal the broken little girl that's inside of us. You know, because like you say, mama is the nurture and we love mama. We do. But you know that old term, daddy's little girl and mama's boy. Mm-hmm. Can we can we normalize that? Can, can we see this on TV? Can we see black men loving their daughters and their wives healthy? That's all I want. 
That I, I, and I'm gonna continue to push that. That that's what I want to see. That's exactly what I want to see. So sis, let's go on to the next one. But before we do that, I have a video I want to play. I always play videos and and things like okay. that. Uh this one here really touched me. Oprah Winfrey did her life class where they did daddyless daughters. And this one particular clip, it absolutely touched my heart. So y'all stay tuned for this clip. Here we go. What about when we've heard women in this room say, and women uh, uh, watching us say, but I didn't want to do to my children what my father had done to me. So I'm staying with him so my children will have a father. But what you focus on grows. I don't want my children to experience what I experience. That's the focus. That's what you create. Yeah. What you focus on grows. Again, it's magnifying the againstness. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. But you're not saying what you do want. You're focusing on what you don't want. Okay, so let's get to it. How do we heal it? Well, first of all, this is everybody just clutch your pearls right now. <laughs> you actually have pearls to clutch. I just got, I got my pearl. Let me just clutch. <laughs> clutch my pearls right now. One of the first things that we have to do is tell the absolute truth. <laughs> Radical, gut level, honest truth. And it starts with I'm a daddyless daughter. Let me hear that. Okay, now I don't want you to say it from here up. I want you to get down in your body and really sit in it. I'm a daddyless daughter. I'm a daddyless daughter. You just said that's hard. Yeah. Who 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 has ever really? What what happened? It's hard. That, it's that's very hard. Very hard. Tell me why. To, to acknowledge it's true. But acknowledgement is the first step towards healing. Tell me why that's difficult to acknowledge. Because that's not the story I like to tell myself. But is it your truth? It's the truth. See, no, so I'm what's not the story the you truth. tell yourself? I tell myself that he just doesn't matter to me. And that's a lie? That's a lie. Okay, so I'm a daddyless daughter. I'm a daddyless, da daddyless daughter. And what I really feel about my father is? That I love him and I wish he were a part of my life. And, and because he's not a part of my life, I feel... I feel worthless sometimes. Yeah. And the way I cover up my worthlessness is? The way I cover it up is by not letting him in, and not, even when he tries. And what else? How else do you cover up? Because you feel worthlessness when he's not around. I overcompensate a lot. Yeah. Do you overcommit? Yeah, I yeah. overcommit. Yeah, overcommit. I, I try to be super mom. Okay. So here we go. Take a breath. And this is what I mean by the truth, everybody. Here we go. So repeat and complete with me. I'm a daddyless daughter. I'm a daddyless daughter. I acknowledge that I feel worthless sometimes. I acknowledge that I feel worthless sometimes. And what I do to hide that. And what I do to hide that. Is overcommit. And is overcommit. Overcompensate. Overcompensate. And try to be a super mom. And try to be a super mom. When the truth is. When the truth is. There's a part of me. There is a part of me that feels broken and worthless. That feels broken and worthless. And I'm ready to heal that now. I'm definitely ready to heal that. Take a breath. <laughs> but you feel it. 
You feel it in your body. So I'm thinking for everybody who's joining us around the country and the world, you need to acknowledge I am a daddyless daughter and what you feel and how you hide those feelings and what you do to overcompensate for those feelings. Otherwise, you'll be sitting here looking pretty and coughed and coffered, you know, and, and covering up because it's a level of emotional dishonesty that keeps you from being able to see the truth. So when Boo Boo shows up and looking like a rag picker, you tell yourself, look at that prince. Oh. <laughs> You understand what I'm yes. saying? Because the level of emotional dishonesty with which we keep ourselves broken. Well, I think that's really key. The level of emotional dishonesty. Woo, that's good. Begins, becomes the filter for which we live every aspect of our lives. Yeah. That's a lot to eat. It is. I wish That's my daughter was here to have heard that, but she just left to go to her house. <laughs> but I really I, wish she was here to I, hear that. But it's the truth. That's what we do. That's, that's absolutely what we do. It's hard. Being a daddyless daughter. And we as moms are left to deal with that and, and vice versa, because it's not just single moms, but we have single dads. And I, I do want to recognize the single dads. Because you do have women that walk out of their children's lives and, and the fathers are left to raise mm -hmm. the daughters or the sons. So we have motherless sons and motherless daughters. But again, sis, those are conversations. Again, when I say those are uncomfortable conversations that we're not ready to have. Because when you look at the narrative, what is the narrative? Single moms. Mm -hmm. Dad just ups and walks out, but no one ever discusses mom walking out on her daughters. Mom's walking out on their sons because mom wants to live her best life because I was that mom. Right. I was that mom. My children were motherless. You get what I'm saying? My children were motherless, mm. and I own that. I eat that. But a lot of people are not ready to have that conversation because the narrative does not fit. Get Macy's lowest prices of the season on must-haves to make spring your season. Like twirl-worthy dresses for $79.99 and under. 50 to 65% off effortlessly cool suits from Tommy Hilfiger and more. And 65% off Charter Club damask sheets and bedding. And get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in-store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.
great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. So it's not just you dads. Moms walk out too because we want to live our best life. Mm-hmm. And I did that. So when I watch that clip, it's deep and it's powerful to me. Because you have motherless sons and daughters out here. Shout out to my girl, Robin. AK, I'm sorry, that's Miss Christina. Y'all go follow her on Instagram. She has a nonprofit organization called Women of Empowerment, Inc. Please go follow her on Instagram. I love, love, love her. I've done several episodes with her. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you for tuning in tonight. But that is the importance of a relationship between a black man and his daughter or daughters Mm -hmm. is exactly what was stated in that video. This is what we do. So let me ask you this, sis. And I'm so sorry. I told you I'm the biggest crybaby. No, it's okay. Get it out. Don't (laughs) hold it in. Get it out. I am the biggest crybaby. But when it comes to do you felt like you overcompensated with your two oldest? Definitely. Definitely. Because I felt like I had to fill the role of two people. And again, like I told you in the beginning of our conversation, I could not teach my son to be a man. So that's where I my village came in. Those men that were a part of my village, they had to step up and teach him things that I honestly could not. But when it comes down, I'm you're talking about overcompensating. I'm talking about spending all kinds of crazy money on stuff that I would never, ever have thought about spending money on before just to make sure they always had the best. Not only that they had what they needed, but basically everything that they wanted. So it was a lot of overcompensation on my part because, like I said, I felt like I had to be both mom and dad. And with my youngest two, I don't have that issue with them, but I still feel like I have to overcompensate for that because I was the person who walked out on that marriage. So I broke up the household with mom and dad. Mm. So here now you're dealing with this double-edged sword because it's like you overcompensated here and then here you are, you felt guilty because you walked out on a marriage and broke up the home. So now you're feeling, and and correct me if I'm wrong, so now you're feeling, now my children are going to feel some kind of way with me because the dad is still in the light, but I walked out. Right. 
but I walked out because it was unhealthy, but I would never tell them that right, of right. all of the things that I went through, you know, with their father. But I mean, don't get me wrong. This man is a awesome father. He was right. just a horrible husband. So I had to leave because I don't want them to think that this is normal. This is how, you know, you're supposed to be treated. This is the way you're supposed to treat, you know, your spouse or your significant other. Now that they are older, I think they understand without me actually having to say what the problems were. Right, right. But right. I do find myself overcompensating with them financially all the time. And it's weird with me because I can give you all the love in the world, but it just seems like, okay, hey, when you come to me and you say, hey, I want this $200 pair of shoes or whatever, I feel like I have to go and get it because I do have some type of guilt because I left their dad. If you notice, oh, I'm sorry, y'all. We got big brother Will in the building, baby. That's the CEO of the ADHD Hour podcast and the CEO of the Black Male podcast. Y'all are very familiar with Will. Y'all always see my brother come on the show with me. Baby, let me tell you, y'all are missing. If y'all didn't catch the Black Male podcast tonight, no, no, y'all need to wake up, okay? They would have got some smoke tonight. I was I was on a rant and I was on one thousand tonight. So I didn't I don't wouldn't want them to have to be their first uh <laughs> they first thought of me me going to fuck off. So yeah, uh, it was it was something. <laughs> so yeah. Well, big brother Will, you gotta I can't never get my hand right. But that's my girl Shante. She is a CEO of Sarah Lane Candle Company LLC. She's from New Orleans. She is okay. actually one of the vendors that's going to be in a pop-up shop with me this Saturday in New Orleans, the Juneteenth Black Business Expo 2021. She sells scented candles. Um, yeah, you're gonna be live, right? You're going to be live from there? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to tune in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna if the here. weather let, allows us to be great, yes, because you know we got that storm that's supposed to be yeah. making its way into the Gulf. Yeah. And uh, they they talking about six or seven. There, doing their route, <laughs> right? Everything. Lake Charles gonna be underwater. Houston gonna be underwater. New Orleans, everything on the Gulf Coast gonna be underwater. So we gonna be swimming. But yes, y'all check out my boy Will. Y'all, yes, he, he's very militant, and I love it, honey. He doesn't sugarcoat. He tells you like it is. He tells you black men what you need to hear. And tells you black women what you need to hear. So, so Can I, brother, I just played a video, the Oprah Life class, and, and they talked about daddyless daughters. And so the question that I have up is the importance of the relationship between a black man and his daughter or daughters. I know you don't have daughters, but you have sisters. Yeah, I have sisters, and um, I actually took a father role at some point for my sister. So I thought about that one before I came. I'm like, you know what? I was kind of like a dad, you know, when I was young, you know, when I was uh, from like 13 on up to, you know, 20-something. Uh, uh, my my youngest sister is 11 years younger than me, so, you know, I was actively in life, you know, doing stuff. But, um, no, there's a big importance. What we don't understand, and I, I, I heard you uh, was speaking on your situation uh, we don't understand like a man provides that kind of structure 
to where um it's that balance you know that yin and that yang you know right. the, the feminine is that nurturing side the masculine is more of that structure that uh that component that's gonna um that's gonna yank it back like okay you're baby you can do everything you could do this that, that no no look look my love you know look look back black princess you know this is what we have to do i'm gonna refocus you to where it needs to be um and it's not going to be from a place of you know this is my baby and i'm trying to um i'm trying to tell her anything to make her feel good it's going to be like this is what the world is and i'm trying to tell her something to prepare her for the world so um it's it's a difference and a lot of women are taking that that role and they can do it but i, I think it's still a difference it's still a slight difference and also the other importance is that um, if you have that man in a household or that man uh, in her life, it don't even have to be in a household, but in her life, you know, um, he gets to she gets to see a man. So a lot of women, a lot of uh, young ladies today that don't have men in their, in their life, uh, they 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 suffer from a, 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 a disorder. They want they want to they want to seek male validation. And it's most time is bad male validation when you get out in the streets. You know, so that young teenage pregnancies, you know, teenage pregnancies because they're seeking that validation. Um, uh, now we got social media stuff. So they go seek it, trying to, you know, swipe culture and all that other stuff. So they're having sex younger. They're putting themselves in situations to where they can be taken because they get online trying to seek their male validation. The man talks them out of, you know, hey, come meet me here. Now you got now you got a missing daughter. So uh, that's that's the very beginning of their you know their youth or whatever when they get grown women now you got grown women that don't understand who men are don't know how to bond with a man because they haven't seen a man in the household they haven't had a man in their life so you know they go through this whole cycle of uh looking for the wrong man because they don't know what a man that actually cares about them looks like so you know it's it's just those things that have them um you know uh you know at a at a deficit you know they just you know they're searching for some kind of male validation because you know who doesn't want uh the opposite sex wants male de- validation if they're heterosexual and the man wants a female's validation if he's heterosexual so you know it's it works hand in hand and we got to stop saying that it doesn't matter that a man is in you know is in a, a child's life uh both a boy and a girl because it does matter all right i mean you're you're talking about you just describe me to a T, you know, wanting that male. I, I wanted that, that, like you say, the validation. I wanted to be recognized. I wanted to be validated. I wanted, so I did everything for the attention of a man because I wanted my, I longed for my daddy's attention, his affection. So I went in these various relationships trying to find it. Because my mother never, you know, my mother had ne- has never been married. You know, she was dating a guy and come to find out he was married. And he was about the closest to a father figure that me and my sister had. But he was married. You know, my mom was like, uh-uh, you know, I'm not dealing with that. Uh-uh, you got to go. So my mom, she dated here and there, but it was never, you know, it was one guy she dated. And he was jealous of my son and my mother's relationship. My son was my mother's first grandchild, and he's a boy. And remember, like I said, mama's boys, daddy's little girls. So 
my my son is is still close to my mom to this day. That's still her baby, and he's twenty. But he was jealous of the relationship that my mother and my son had, and I, you know, but I never saw my mother in a healthy relation. You know, I never saw her in another relationship. She's single, so you know, I didn't I didn't know what it looked like. So I, I'm with you, Big Brother Will. You know, that's the importance. You know, sis, did you, you want to elaborate a little more on that? Um, I guess for me, it wasn't the fact that I didn't have the, the male figures or the father figures in my life that caused me to be a teenage mom. It was just bad advice from family. And it, that that's all that it was, because I can honestly say I had all of the guidance in the world to stop me from making the decisions that I chose to make. But I had an aunt that was maybe, I think she's like six years older than I am. And she was like, oh, this is what you need to do. You know, you need to date a guy who has this and, you know, he needs to buy you this and he needs to do that. And which led me at the age of 16, being with somebody who was 25. Just bad advice. Mm. Just listening to what I shouldn't have been listening to. And everything in me knew it was wrong. Everything right. in me knew that this is a grown man. And if your daddy catch this man, he's going to kill him. Period. And that's just how it was. But it was just bad advice. Right. And I listened to it. And first time you're having sex, I get pregnant. So it is just that that's my that's my avenue on that and then when it came down to my dad of course my dad's heartbroken because okay i taught you better than this you knew better than this and just me being so ashamed of how my both of my dads are looking at me at this point you mm -hmm. know i, I kind of just cut him cut him off right so you had yeah. one dad that was disappointed and then you had the other dad was like we're gonna work through this right that's basically how it was yeah that's that and that story in itself is beautiful in regards to the dads because you were chastised with one dad but you had the other dad that was like i'm disappointed i'm gonna help you but Right. We're going to work through this. You know, you're right. not going to be alone in the, on this journey, you know, because right. your biological dad was like, how could you do this? I told right. you. And and here you go. You go out and you did the opposite of what I told you to do. And then mm -hmm. here, here's your other dad, because mm -hmm. I don't want to call him your stepdad. That's, your, that's, that's my dad. That's daddy number two. Right. That was like. He stuck by me with everything. Right. When I went into labor, he was right there. Him and my mom, they stuck by me through everything. Because he knew you needed that. Yeah. He knew you needed that. And that's like you will with your sisters. Uh -huh. Your sisters needed that father figure, and you were able to, to do that. And, and that's another thing I, I want to mention, too, is you have brothers that do that, that step in and yeah. become the father figure for their sisters amazing 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 and, and i think her dad like your biological father probably felt like a failure and he couldn't deal with those emotions that's probably why he pushed you away you know 
Right. And we talked about it, you know, because we have a, a strong relationship, you know, now. Like I said, he came back into the picture when my son was like, I want to say about five years old. Um, and we talked about it. And believe me, I had to apologize to both moms, both dads, all, all four grandparents. Like I went through that list as I got older to really just go and make amends for what it was that I did because it was nobody's fault but my own. Mm-hmm. Like I had all of the knowledge that I needed. I just chose to do something very different. But you know, that's okay. typical in a black household. You know, we had aunties or uncles that were just mm-hmm. a few years older than us. So we grew up together, you know, so we wanted right. to mimic them. You know, we wanted to dress like them. We wanted to go hang out like them, you know, so all three of us shared the same story, just mm-hmm. different issues and and that's how it is in the black community we all share the same story just something maybe a little different you know right he stepped up and became you know was the was the male uh role model or the father figure to his sisters you were blessed with mm-hmm. two dads i had mm-hmm. no dad so it's here we are working through the trauma and and the pain that we went through because Big brother, I know that had to have been hard on you for you to, you know, have to be the father to your sisters. It it was so I look at it a whole different way. Like it was difficult, but um I just like I shut everything out and was like, this one needs to be done, let's do it. Let's get it. You know, that's how it was. But then uh on the on another aspect, it was like, okay. When I wanted to do something out in the streets, maybe go a certain way, I had to remember, okay, I got these young, I got my brother and my two sisters looking at me, so I can't go that way. I can't, you know, I went to Nichols, so y'all know where Nichols is, you know. You know about right. Nichols, so I went to Nichols. So, you know, it was ch- opportunity. I could have went way left, right? I could have went way left, you know, hanging around. But because I knew, was conscious that they was watching me, I had to stay kind of on a straightened path. So, you know, it it was a it was a burden and it was a blessing all at the same time. Right. And that's, and, and, you know, now that you say that I do hear some black men that stepped in, you know, when daddy left and mama was working two or three jobs and the brother raised the sister. I can't remember what athlete, Oh, uh, work done. And I I just so love him. He's from Baton Rouge. I, I, just absolutely love everything that about him. I love his energy, his spirit. He's a absolute beautiful person. If you ever get a chance to meet him, he's so humble. But when his mother was killed, his mother was a police officer and, you know, dad had left. He stepped in and he had to raise his siblings. And he said, you know, it was hard, but he did it. You know, and and that's another conversation that we don't talk about is brothers, you know, stepping up to be the the man of the house at such a young age. You know, dad is leave when the son is eight, 19 years old and he's left to, you know, my, like I say, mama's working two or three jobs. He's left helping getting his sister ready for school in the morning or his brother ready for school in the morning. He's making cereal because he can't cook breakfast. So they're eating cereal. You know, he's responsible for that. So. I think we definitely will. There you go. That's a, that's a show for you. Uh-huh. That's yeah. a show for you. That's that's absolutely a, a conversation for the Black Milled podcast. 
I think you absolutely need to to talk about that. Um, so going into coming, you know, now that we've talked about the importance of a relationship between a black man and his daughter or daughters, why do you think father and daughter relationships are so difficult? In my case, I I just didn't want to listen. <laughs> that that's what it was. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to go where I wanted to go. I wanted to be with who I wanted to be with. That's the only thing that complicated my relationship with my biological father. And that's we do that. We we go we mm -hmm. go through that phase where we as my grandmother used to say, you're smelling yourself. Exactly. Hormones start and to pop, and then you start listening to your hormones rather than the people that's talking to you. Exactly. And, and then she said she had an auntie that was five, six no years old. No whatsoever. <laughs> she was enticing me to go out there and do those things. And for me, it was important for me to not let that be a generational curse where my girls would go out and get pregnant early. And thank God they did not. And it was important for me that my boys didn't go out and make, you know, babies early because they haven't either. So it, it's really it was just one of those things for me that I had to go back to what I was taught. Church. Mm. I may not have agreed with everything that I learned at church. Mm -hmm. And even now I still take what makes sense to me and I apply it. Right. And I had to go back to that when it came down to my kids, because I did not want to see any of them make the same mistakes that I made. And I also kept that door open. Whereas you can come and talk to me about whatever, because whatever they're telling you in the street is wrong. Right. And, and that's, I discussed that the other day when I said we have to open up those lines of communication. See, when we were growing up, you know, we couldn't talk to our parents because, you know, mm -hmm. if you told mama you was having sex, mama, mm -hmm. you know, you were chastised for that. You know, if you told right. daddy, you know, he'd come, you know. But now I would rather for my children to come and have a conversation with me whenever they're ready to have sex and say, hey, versus my son go out and he come back with something he can't get rid of. My daughter mm -hmm. go out and she come back with a baby. You know, even my baby girl, when she gets older, go out and, and you come back with a baby because you listening to what your friends then told you. Or you didn't mm -hmm. let this little boy entice you and say, oh, it feels better without a condom. And you're coming back with one or two things. You're coming back with a disease or you're coming with a baby. One of the two. Right. You know. So, and 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 I like what you said. that It, it is imperative to have those lines of communication open and allowing your child to be comfortable to have mm -hmm. that type of conversation with you. Even though on the inside, we like, we want to choke them. Yes. But, because <laughs> you know, we got some bad advice on my friends. You know, I, I ain't going to tell not one lie. You know, I mm -hmm. leave the house dressed one way and you get to your friend's house, you change clothes. Yes. And I went to Warren Easton. So I'm talking when I left home, the skirt was low, but when I got to school, it was rolled up. Rolled up. I went to Mac 35. So yes. 
You know how that we was the good girls, but you know we was the the uh -huh. fast ones too. You know we uh -huh. get away. <laughs> Woo, but you know it, it's different. You know. Mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about this for just a moment, brother. Okay. When I say why father daughter relationships so difficult, the times are different. The mothers are younger. The grandparents are even younger. Hmm. But you look good, girl. Thank you. You beautiful, Thank you, honey. thank you. That black don't crack, honey. <laughs> your white people don't know about that. <laughs> Some of your black people don't know about that either. Y'all no. living that street life. Mm -mm. Yeah, that'll, that'll hurt you. You Ooh. can have that. Anyway. <laughs> So, big brother, I want to ask you, because she had two dads coming up. She had she had a biological, and then she had mama's new husband, her dad. She had two dads. My two, what's the show? My two dads with yeah. <laughs> so, when it comes to the old generation and the new generation, let's talk about that. In regards to that, like I said, she had two dads. She had a village and her children are still blessed to have the village because she mm -hmm. still has both sets of parents. Mm -hmm. So the dynamics of uh, of the father-daughter uh, relationship, you know, the whole dynamic of it back in the day, um, what the man said goes, right? She was taught to respect her father versus the new generation type deal is where and and we not gonna get into why the man's not in the household or why no, we're not gonna get into that because we can place blame on either side and or both sides actually we can place blame right uh, but for whatever reason um she's not going to be taught to respect her father the same way because sometimes you know the mother has you know issues because the daddy don't want her no more or he left or whatever or uh, whatever you know they put that in front of their daughter uh having a healthy relationship with a man her father but a, you know it starts with her father but then a man later on in life it plays out later on in life that she doesn't have healthy relationships she has no respect for men and um also you got to put into play that uh like you said the daughter you know knowing better i know what's best you know for me because you know she she's hearing some advice. I mean, she's seeing what every other woman is doing, every other female is doing, and she's trying to go that way. And the father, you know, seeing that, maybe see her go the wrong way and tries to, you know, yank her over, you know, and if he's not in a life like that, that tough love looks like abuse to her or feels like abuse to her. So she's not listening. She's not going to get it. So, um, you know, it's, it's a whole bunch of other dynamics. I mean, it's real... Uh, you know, we could get into all the little niches of it, but you know, it's 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 the fact that you know we as men need to be in our daughters' lives, you know, more. Um, and and the mothers need to allow that to happen. They need to allow it to happen without undermining our authority as being their father. Hmm. I, yeah, it's something that needs to be repaired. You know. So let's let's switch because I I, I know we have motherless daughters. And motherless sons, but we have fought. We, I'm sorry, fatherless daughters and fatherless sons, but we also have motherless daughters, motherless sons. Mm -hmm. And like you know, I was saying, they don't talk about that because it doesn't fit the narrative, you know. But 
shout out to the single dads that mm -hmm. had to step in and, and raise the daughters or raise the sons or raise the son and the daughter, you know, because mama wanted to go live her best life. You know, I have a really good friend of mine um, who actually came by to see me today. Shout out to my boy. Um, his wife passed away. So he was left to raise the children. You know, and again, these are the conversations that, that no one wants to have. But I just want to talk about it for, for just two minutes, two, three minutes. The motherless sons and the motherless daughters. Does the same thing apply apply when it comes to us overcompensating? In regards to that? Um, I, I think the fathers could overcompensate, but I think it might look different. Um, I think in that aspect, I think it might feel, uh, it depends on the man. You know, I mean, men are capable of loving their children uh, in that manner. But I think they they'll feel like they aren't as loved, you know. They're on as loved. They they're missing that um, that thing that only a mother could give, you know. It, you know that's that's something special. That whole bond between a mother and child is special. You just can't. I mean, you can't recreate it. Even though the man can love you the same way, but you just can't recreate it. It's that soft nature. It's that that way she speaks to that reassuring tone that of a mother that you can't. You just can't recreate that. So they they're going to be missing that. And they sh they might be like searching for that, like for the sons, he ends up searching for that in the, in, the, in the women, to where he gets women that are uh, uh, bossy, that are you know, you know that that that's overly bearing with him, and then he goes through issues with that. Uh, with the daughters, she seeks that through her friends, and maybe she can you know she could get that some through her friends, and maybe female mentors. But I think um, it'll be more problematic with the sons you know in his relationships with women because he's missing that it's, it's the same thing with where's the man and one and the uh daughter happens with the son you know not having the mother when it comes to relationships go ahead sis you look like you about like you got something like you're ready to say something come on go ahead no <laughs> no i really don't have anything to to say you know with that I mean, like I told you, I am nowhere near, you know, perfect. I was a young mom and I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I didn't go out, you know, and party, but my kids did have my mom or my grandmother or someone, you know, to be there while I was out. But I mean, I really don't have too much to, to say. You know what? I do have something to say. Now that I'm sitting here processing this, because that could be the reason why my daughter's father does not know how to communicate with her, because his mother was not in a picture because she was in prison. So he didn't have that. He didn't have really a mom or a dad. He only had grandparents who mm. were too old to really teach him pretty much anything or be able to relate to him. So maybe that, that could be part of the issue with that situation. There's that cycle. Mm -hmm. We talk about that all the time. Remember I told you, every black person that you cross shares the same story. Mm -hmm. It may not be identical, but we can relate. You can relate to, you know, 
your your oldest children's dad didn't have his mm -hmm. mom or dad so here comes this cycle with you right not, not you know he right. wasn't in his children's life so right here you had to do mom and dad mm -hmm. then here i am my children were motherless so my mother mm -hmm. had to step in they didn't have their my children didn't have their mom or their dad so my mom had to step in mm -hmm. it's, it's we're all intertwined mm -hmm. and and what you said big brother was the accuracy because that absolutely is going to be part of the conversation on thursday wow yeah i never thought about that until i'm processing everything that he said like maybe he just didn't know how because he was never taught even though we say when you're older you know you can't blame whatever on your circumstances but if you don't know something you just don't know a lot of people in the black community are building on broken foundations and that's what's going on Mm -hmm. all building our broken foundations because of our past and all the traumas would be just piling on top of that and you know at some point we have to we have to repair those foundations in order to get better and go forward mm -hmm. so as we roll into the last question of the night i want to play this short video again this is from oprah's life class where she talked about daddyless daughters this one here was 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 a little deeper than the first one but we'll tighten in we're gonna roll into the last question and of course you know we roll into the final thoughts of the night now through april 14th join a clean and spacious planet fitness for one dollar down and only ten dollars a month with tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. So step number two, after tell the radical truth is be willing to give up the story about who daddy was, who daddy wasn't, how your life would have been had he been there, what you didn't have because he wasn't there, what you could have had had he been there. Just be willing to give the story. To and whatever your story is, whatever it has been, I want you to break it down into a simple sentence. Daddy gone. <laughs> Excuse me. Can we put a can we put a verb in no, there? No, you don't need a verb. There's no need for a verb. Hello. You don't even need to buy a vowel. <laughs> daddy go. Daddy put, gone. Or if you that. prefer, Daddy is gone. <laughs> See, Daddy gone. No, Daddy, 
that? Daddy gone. Daddy gone. Daddy gone. Daddy gone. <laughs> also, your, your, a lot of you are mothers, and I hope that for your own sons, who you are covering for, who are not handling their business with their children, I hope you recognize that you're playing a role in this right now. That 51 years later, that woman is still hurting because somebody's mother didn't check their son to go and handle his business. Talk the talk. Okay. okay. Talk the talk, Reverend Steve Perry. <laughs> but, but you know, really, that, that, that's true. Reverend Playing Tom. the role because of the story you tell yourself that I don't want to upset him or I don't want them to feel what I, whatever the story is. So here, the real healing is, is tell the radical truth, tell about what you feel. Then I want you to tell your story. I want you to tell it in full-blown living color that you would submit to Spielberg. Then if you have five pages, I want you to break that down to one page. Then I want you to break that down to a half a page. Then I want you to get your fantasy story about daddy down to 10 words or less. Really? Daddy gone. Two, right? <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant what you've said for this reason. Uh, first of all, there are a lot of people carrying all of this hurt and pain. And it's coming out in all kinds of different places. Yes. And they don't know why, and they don't know where, and they've gone, they become comfortable with it, yep. right? And they're just living with it, and they could live with it the rest of their lives if they don't take this moment yep. to acknowledge what it is, and then this idea, because it's so big, all the things that happened, everything he didn't do, everything you hope, it's so big it could fill up a book. That's right. Forcing people to make this, make this what it is. Yeah. It's just a few sentences in your life that you don't have to live out the entire part of your life. I think that that is absolutely critical because then it makes you take responsibility right. for the next part of your life. Daddy gone. Daddy gone. Now what? So now I'm going to go ahead and oh, move. You're saying it? I got to <laughs> So what? Now so what? what? But this now is one what? of the things, not everything that you're dealing with that's difficult in your life has anything to do with your father, positive or negative. Yes. So at some point, you got to own your peace. And, and you can only do that. See, the acknowledgement piece is critical first. Don't go to daddy gone and do step two when mm -hmm. you haven't done step one, which is clear, radical, honest, authentic acknowledgement of what you feel and what you've done to either compensate it or hide it. And then look at the story you're telling Is yourself. that what you mean by not all the, re all the uns that we feel are because of daddy? That's right. A lot of it is because you have now acted out. Acted out in acted ugly out ways. In ugly ways. <laughs> right? Okay, so next step is. Okay, so then after you tell the story, and, and you really own the pieces and parts of it and, and look at it, then clutch your pearls, ladies, clutch your pearls. Then you really have to be able to forgive yourself for the things that you told yourself about yourself as a result of your father not being there. Okay. Whatever you told yourself, forgive yourself for the things you told yourself about yourself that weren't true as a result of your, the story that you made up.
There to go. I saved that video for last. Simply because it's time for us to put in the work. It's time. It's time for us black women and black men to heal. Like she say, you can't do step two without doing step one. She said the most important word, and that was to acknowledge. Daddy gone. Now what? You can't make him come back. He has to want to come back. Mama gone. You can't make mama come back. She has to want to come back. And that's what I had to do. My son forced me into a corner and made me eat out of the same bowl that I had been serving to them all these years. Raising a black daughter in America. Go ahead, sis. Well, raising a black daughter in America for me means not only to teach her to be strong because we have our weak moments also. I want her to not pass on to her daughter. And I'm speaking of my oldest daughter. The pain that she felt is for her dad. I want her to be in a relationship that he's in for the right reasons, not because she didn't have that. She loved the daughter. So it's simple for me to raise basically look at the situation, assess the situation, not just because what you feel is I really, really dig deep and figure it out. Because mm. that's what I had to do. And that was hard. But then I didn't want them to think that this is the way it's supposed to be. Wow. Big brother. Um, You're a grandpa. Yeah, my grand. Yeah, yes, and that's what I was thinking about. Yes, granddaughter. Yeah. So, um, I I think that with that video show it was perfect, right? Um, acknowledging your part of it, so they get the full story. Um, for for somebody, a young person, be the male or female, to get half a story, it shapes their life in a certain a certain manner that um you don't know what's good you're gonna get you know mm -hmm. because um when you have a child it's it's two people like it's two people yeah you, you have dna from both people so 
um, you don't know what you're going to get if you only give your portion of that, you know, that situated story. You know, there's so much else they're missing that they can maybe gravitate with and not understand why they gravitate to certain things. Um, so, like, I, like I said, we need to. You need to have a full, uh, the full 360 degree, you know, spectrum of what's going on to give this to the child, so the child could know what's going on in their life and they could understand better. Um, when they start doing things, exhibiting certain things, wondering why I feel a certain way about this, and you know, or why, um, uh, uh, what are my strengths? Actually, too, what are my strengths? Like, if you don't know, they don't know their father or they don't know their mother or whatever, they don't know what their strengths are. They don't know what they're capable of doing. They only know uh, a one's parent's limitation and one parent's por- portion of it, and they're missing a whole nother portion that could be, you know, could move them to the next level, you know, have them doing great things. But by robbing your child of that that other portion, you're doing a disservice to your, you know, your child and up in your child's upbringing. So um, I, I, we need, we need, to start, you know, making it to where we have both parents, you know, equally uh, input, uh, just interaction with each other. We need to be adults. You know, I understand that it hurts. I understand that maybe y'all couldn't stay together, be together, whatever, and it hurts. But um, for the love of your child, you got to see past that. You got to fight past that. You know, mm-hmm. let's focus on the child, not focus on each other. And I think that's the most difficult is trying to separate your emotions from, mm-hmm. you know, trying to co-parent because we as women, you you know, women, we're, we're, we're very emotional, you know, so, and, you know, like me, well, you know, back what in February, when we were talking about relationships, you know, we as women have these expectations on how we want the relationships to be, you know, we want to be go to high school, graduate, go to college and graduate from college at this age. I want to have my career started by the time I'm 25. I want to be married by the time I'm, I'm 27. I want to have my first child at 28. I want to have my second child at 30. And then when it doesn't go that way, mm-hmm. we're mad at ourselves. We're mad at the man that we've had the baby with or vice versa, but more so us women. And so we figure, you know what? I'm angry because my life didn't go the way I had expected it to because at that point, reality has set in, you know, because you're going to have those failures, but we weren't expecting them, you know, because again, we, we have these expectations of how life is supposed to be for us. And so we're mad because life didn't go the way it was. So now in tune, we're taking it out on a man. You know what? It didn't work over here for me now you you know we're breaking up so guess what you're not going to see your baby you're going to be miserable i've had a bad day you're going to have a bad day that's what we do and vice versa you have men that can't let go so they figure okay well i'm gonna punish the mama by not doing what i'm supposed to do when in actuality you're hurting your child right mama has moved on mama's in a new relationship daddy's in a new relationship but at the end of the day, collectively, y'all had this child together. Learn how to separate your emotions and put the child first or the children first. You know, however many children it is. And one thing I do want to say is to you women that don't encourage your man to be in his child's life, you're just as deadbeat as he is and vice versa. 
You men, if you're dating a woman that's not being a mother to her child, you're less of a man because you're encouraging this. You know, we have to, we have to normalize healthy co-parenting relationships. We have to encourage our black men and black women to be healthy parents to our children because you know what? When you're not healthy to your child, guess who's left to deal with your unhealthy, broken child? We are. These three people you see right here, we're left to deal with your broken child. And guess what? We suffer. Nobody's ready to have that conversation, though. But that's where we are. Do it right from the beginning. No, parenting does not come with a manual. No, it does not. But do the best that you can, the best of your abilities. Stop putting, let me, let me say this, and then we're going to roll into the final thoughts. Stop putting a price on love. These children don't know money. You get what I'm saying? Money could be replaced. You spend money, you lose money, guess what? You get it back. Time and love, you can't get that back. You can't rewind time. If I could, I would go back to when I was six, seven, eight years old. The imperative times of my life when I needed my daddy. I, I would go back to that. Will, I'm pretty sure there's some, uh, some periods in your life that you would love to rewind back to. Same with you, Sean. I'm pretty sure there are some periods in your life. If, you know, looking at what we know now, I'm pretty sure... Mm -hmm. If you could go back, you would have probably waited until you were in your 20s and, and established before you had your first child. I'm pretty sure. And yeah. I want people to know that even though you have those thoughts, that does not make you less of a parent. We just wish we could do things differently. But I do want to encourage y'all and say, stop putting a price on it. And that's what we as black people do. We figure, oh, okay, well, we can't give love, but we can give money. Oh, you want this? You want that? You want this? You want that? Oh, you want oh, you want that Xbox uh three? What what's the what's the PS5? Oh, you want that a thousand dollars? Go get it. But forgetting that your child needs the love. You're 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 coddling to the physical, but you're leaving out the mental and the emotional part. So can we start normalizing that as parents? That, that's what we need to do, you know, and that goes in regards to raising a black daughter and a black son. Both of them equally need to be loved. They need their emotional needs met. They need their mental needs met. Because again, you're left to deal with a broken man. Big brother, you're left to deal with a, a broken woman. I'm left to deal with a broken man. I got the help you carry all these suitcases that you've been lugging around your whole entire life to the point well guess what we do that energy we carry that into our next relationship so let's roll into the final thoughts for tonight Whew, I think I just gave my final thoughts I think, that's, I, think I just gave mine but big brother will so tonight's topic was black father-daughter relationships, daddy's little girl. Uh -huh. Your final thoughts on that. Give your benediction on that because we're going to start passing the collection plate right now. 
Well, I want to first speak on what you was talking about, like the energy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so the thing, other thing is, is a community from a community standing, right? Doing that, you know, uh, uh, putting a material stuff first in a child's life. They grow up loving material things and not loving people, right? They don't see the bond with people, and they see the bond with material things, and you know, it makes us as community weaker. Okay, guys, we got to put our trays up for takeoff. Where's Dad? Oh, he's in the back. We could only get three seats together. Daddy has my pillow. We'll get it later. Can you not put your feet up, please? Why aren't we going? <sighs> we must be in line for takeoff. Like security? Well, that was a different line. I have to go. We just sat down. But I have to go. The seatbelt sign's on. Why aren't we moving? Hey, you no kicking. We're just 15 in line for takeoff. Son of a... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. You know. From the standpoint, we're spending money on all kind of stuff. You as a parent are compensating, spending money on all kind of stuff. So you have less money to keep to yourself, uh, to invest in stuff, to, you know, build wealth. You know, and it's all going to the child. The child is going to, you know, they're going to they're going to get these $200 Jordans. They're going to grow out of it. They're going to get these $300 jeans or whatever it is. They're going to grow out of it. It's going to get worn. Tossing money away in our community. We will never catch up to any other nationality doing this type of uh, doing this type of behavior. Hmm. Uh, so from a financial standpoint, a community standpoint, it, this is destroying our community, right? The fact that we can't come together as man and woman in a family unit, structured, uh, overcompensating for stuff that we don't have in our life, it's ruining our community. And we just need to, you know, we need to try to go back to the basics. Um, mutual respect for one another. If we, it, you know, off top, mutual respect for one another. You know, genuine love for one another, being a human being, being a, a, a black woman, my sister, somebody that, you know, that 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 goes through the same struggle I go through in this country, um, that that ancestor, our ancestors went through the same struggle in this country. So we have we have likenesses. We have uh, similarities. Yeah, it might not be the same, but it's, it's similar to where we can build on something. Mm. And after that, then now if we have kids now, we have to place that focus on these children because um, we're going to leave them in this, we're going to leave this in this, them in this place, right? To where we have no, we're going to have no control when we're gone. How do you want your kids to navigate through this, this society that kind of hates them, that doesn't find value in them? You know, we, we're not giving them value by giving them stuff. Basically mm-hmm. the value is the stuff. So uh, we need to do better than that as, as people. You know, man and woman. Um, yeah, that's all. I, you know, that's it. You you said a mouthful mm-hmm. with that. I mean, because we see it all too often in the black community. We see it on social media. We see it when you get on Instagram. You know, parents are buying you buying your six year old child some Jordans. That baby don't know about no Jordans. That baby won't. Paw Patrol tennis shoes. Light up tennis. <laughs> right. 
that that's what they want but that's what we've been conditioned to do that's what we do now oh you want this okay i got it don't worry about it you know and we going debt trying to do it yep. i got a homegirl who just got her house out of foreclosure trying to keep her son dressed to the t girl if you don't go to the gap or go to go to and get him some levi's or something girl You done did all of this for what? But that's what we do. You know, we, we put a price on everything. You know, that's, that's money is everything. You know, we, we, everything has to revolve around money. So I'm going to get my final thoughts. And then since, since you're the, the new kid on the block, I'm a, you're going to end the show. So my final thoughts. Daddy's little girl. Whew. To you black men, y'all got to do better. Do you realize how you're destroying these beautiful black queens? We're, we're still holding on to the broken little girl and we grow up into a bitter woman because we don't know how to process our feelings and our emotions. So we act out. In order to complete step number two, you got to first complete step number one, and that's acknowledge. You have to hold yourself accountable because not all of it is daddy. Not all of it is him. But that has become our crutch. Mama wasn't there. Daddy wasn't there. It's like it gets us sympathy. You know what I'm saying? It's like it gets us attention. And because mama wasn't in the house or daddy wasn't in the house, we're going to do everything to get that attention. I'm sorry, validation. We're going to do whatever it takes. So if I can continue to play the victim my whole entire life, that's what I'm going to do. But at some point, you have to stop being the victim and become the survivor. I had to do that. I had to stop being the victim and I had to become the survivor. Do I regret having that conversation with my daddy? Absolutely not, because I think I would probably be in a, in a nut house had I not have gotten that peace for myself in order to heal and be better to my children. So let's normalize acknowledging, accepting, and accountability. Let's, let's acknowledge those three A's. Let's normalize that. Pass that on to your brother or your sister, you know. Let's start to heal each other. It's time for us to walk like the queens and kings that we are. Because playing the victim gets you nowhere. Because eventually, you're going to end up by yourself because your energy is toxic. And it's draining. And you're going to be alone. You're going to be toxic and alone with a house full of cats. Because nobody's going to want to be around you 
bitter. We got to do better dads. We have to do better moms. We have to be better as us. So let's normalize healing a broken little girl or the broken little boy. So that way, my children, your children, your children are not left to deal with someone's broken son or broken daughter. And it's on you, sis. I mean, the two of you really said all there is to say. The only thing I would have to add to that is just be honest. Be honest with your kids. If it was a situation where is, okay, mama decided because daddy wasn't in the picture anymore that they couldn't see the kid, be honest with that child and let that child know because there's nothing to me that there's nothing worse to me that is finding out your parent lied to you and put you against, you know, your other parent. So everybody just needs to figure out a way to come clean. And if dad really doesn't want to be a part of that kid's life, that kid, when it grows up, have it, like I told you, write a letter. If they don't have that relationship with them, write a letter. It's on them if they read it or not, but at least you got those feelings out. So powerful. You know, I, I want to say to you and Big Brother Will, tonight was absolutely a needed conversation. You know, as I stated, Father's Day is Sunday. But I would, I just want to take 45 seconds to acknowledge you, Big Brother Will. You're a dad every day. So I'm not going to designate one day out of the year to recognize you as a father. Because you don't get the other 364 days off just to have one. You're a dad all day, every day. So I thank you for being the best father, the best man that you knew how to be. Salute to you. Yep. And we got, I mean, same thing to your mothers. I mean, because y'all become fathers, you know, when, in, a, in the absence of a father. So, you know, same thing. But I salute you. I want to tell you happy Father's Day today because it's Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I probably tell you happy Father's Day next Wednesday. Happy Father's Day because being a dad doesn't stop. 24-7, 365, 366 if it's leap year. Your dad all day, every day. And I want to recognize the single dads too. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. I pray for y'all. To the fathers that are just barely doing it. I still salute you because you're working with what the best that you, you know, the best of your abilities. I salute you. To you mothers that push the fathers out of the household because you're in your feelings, stop it. And I'm going to say this every time because each and every last one of us is going to be left to deal with your emotionally detached child. 
Sunday is not your day, ladies. I said this at the beginning. I'm going to say it at the end. Sunday is not your day. Let these men have one day that they are celebrated, loved, and recognized because the world gives two shits about black men right now. They don't care. So let them have that day. Don't get on social media posting these father day posts talking about you was mommy and daddy. No, you weren't. Because like Shantae said, you women, you cannot teach a boy how to be a man. Y'all know, y'all know how to get me going. But I do want to say, don't forget, oh, Lord have mercy. Y'all know, every Tuesday and Thursday night, your girl live, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in this Sunday, I mean, this Saturday. I mean, Thursday, I'm sorry. Thursday. We, we doing the... Black male version of waiting to exhale. Diary of a tired black man. Can a woman turn a good guy bad? Hmm. Hmm. You can, ladies. You can. I told y'all I'm celebrating. I'm recognizing the black men. Y'all had, I gave y'all last month. Let the fellas had a time this month. But yeah, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Y'all know y'all can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on YouTube. You can follow me on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm available on all the streaming platforms. And don't forget to New Orleans and all the surrounding areas. If the leather, the weather allows us to be, come on out to thrive in the ninth war, baby. Come celebrate Juneteenth Black Business Expo 2021. You see me and, and my girl, the CEO of Sarah Lane Candle Company, she, she's there. I'm there. And I'm going live and direct. Because I want you to see these beautiful black-owned businesses. Lots of fun, lots of entertainment. We're going to have games, I believe, for the kids. We're going to have some snow cones, I believe. I think she got the snow cone people to come out. So. You know I'm ready for that. But it's going down. That starts at 1 o'clock to 5 p.m. Come on out and support your beautiful black-owned businesses. We have male and female vendors that will be in the building. Don't forget, go support my girl, Sarah Lane Candle Company. Senate Candles. She's a black-owned business. She's a small business owner. Go support her like you do Bath and Body Works and everybody else. Don't forget, Sundays, tune in with Big Brother Will. ADHD Hour Podcast. You can follow him on Facebook. You can follow him on YouTube. Don't forget on Tuesday nights, he hosts the Black Male Podcast. 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Facebook. I'm trying to get him on over to the other streaming platforms. He needs to go on over there so people can hear. Y'all come support your Black-owned businesses, man. Support is free. The way y'all run to Neiman Marcus and Macy's and all that, come on out to the Juneteenth Black Business Expo and tap in with your boy Big Brother Will. 
Simple. Support is free, baby. We That don't take nothing away from you. The same way you can go get mistreated in the Isle of God, you can come support your black-owned businesses. You know, they don't like that. Hey, I'm gonna I'm on channel my uh I forgot the dad name from last night. Right, right, right. I'm gonna channel him from last <laughs> night. <laughs> hey, he was on one thousand, man. I loved it though. Oh, yes, Lord. He was on twenty thousand. Boy, I tell you, that was a beautiful episode. Tonight was a beautiful episode. I had two beautiful kindred kindred spirits on with me tonight. As always, again, don't forget, tap in with my girl, Shante. Sarah Lane Candle Company. She's on Instagram and her website is under the same name. Go get your scented candles. They actually smell better than Bath and Body Works from what I heard. Somebody told me they, they smell do. good, good. They See? do. And they're, Look at that. they're chemical free. <laughs> Y'all hear that? <clears throat> but you want the chemicals in your house. You can get them whatever. And our room, and our room sprays last for three hours. Okay. I'm, so I'm when you have that nasty order in your house, spray that Sarah Lane sin in your house. Clean it right on up. Better like. <laughs> but like I say, don't forget. Thursday night, Diary of a Tired Black Man. 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Like, share, subscribe, grab a friend, a friend, you know. Don't forget this Saturday. If you're in New Orleans or surrounding areas, again, if the weather allows us to be great. Come support us at Thrive. One p. It starts at 1 p.m. to 5. We're going to have a ball there. But again, my guest, I, I want to say thank y'all so much. I absolutely appreciate y'all coming on with me tonight. Big Brother Will, you know it's absolutely a pleasure every time you grace the scene. Because you know you, you, come, you come with the gems. You know I have to open my, my jewelry box and, and put them jewels in there. I'm going to have to get you on black man. We do the uh, we do the cancers of our community, right? I got to get you on them for something. So, uh, you know, I'll be in touch. So. Absolutely, and don't forget, you're coming on Thursday night. That's 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 the Diary yeah. of a Tired Black Man. I'll probably be on the first half of it. I'll come on the first half, or the last half. Either way, probably first half because I, I got oh. I got to get up and get my son to summer camp and everything. It's hour drive and all the other stuff so then get to work <laughs> i know it i know it i know it well i love y'all again thank y'all so much for tuning in as always it's a pleasure and i will see y'all thursday night 8 p.m central time 9 p.m eastern time love y'all morning noon and bite it's buy one get one for a dollar at mcdonald's Choose from a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage McGriddles, and hash browns. For lunch, enjoy a McDouble, McChicken, six-piece chicken McNuggets, and more. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. 
especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details.